0: Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. It started as a whisper, until you, Screamed it at the top of your lungs. We gained momentum. You made us unstoppable. We had a vision for change. You made it a revolution. We told you we are the future until you told us the future is now.
1: And welcome to this latest edition of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet Scotland's Newest Wrestling Podcast. And in a week which has seen Triple H show up at ICW, we've got Jericho Omega, we've had Under Siege 2, Pete Dunne at Raw, and AJ Styles as the WWE Champion. It's a great week to be a wrestling fan in the UK. I am your host for this week, Stephen Wilson, and joining me on the panel this week, first of all, I've got the Fury of Fife, one of the founding members of the Glasgow University Pro Wrestling Society, rejoining us this week, Nathan Fisher. What's up, Nathan?
2: Very good Stephen, thank you for that very kind intro, probably the nicest person nicest thing anyone said about me and Fife in a long time, so thank you.
1: <laughs> Brilliant, no problem. And also joining us this week, making his Eat Sleep Suprex retweet debut. The king of the independent circuit. It's Joshua Hong. Josh, how you doing?
3: Hi Stephen, thanks for having me today.
1: Excellent, how you all doing? Everything good? Very well, yeah. Brilliant. And all and joining us as always, the man behind the decks. The one, the only, the ESSREP. It's Quackuary. Ah,
4: uh, mic Drop.
1: <laughs> so yes, this is Eat Sleep Superpics Retweet. As you could maybe gather from the intro there, we are going to talk about the baby of Triple H, and with the upcoming War Games coming up, it's gonna it's the talk of everything. It is NXT. So we're going to discuss. From the beginnings, from the old days where it was a competition and it looked dead in the water to being one of the hottest promotions on the wrestling circuit. So before I get into it, how much do you get, how much do these guys watch of the NXT products historically and right now?
3: i mean at the moment i would generally just watch the nxt takeover shows mm-hmm. previously i would have watched it every week but i think now they're just pushing so many different shows that it's hard to follow
2: yeah. all of them at one time mm-hmm. yeah. yeah same takeover as well uh didn't really watch any of the earlier stuff it's probably, probably good things we'll talk about i'm sure mm-hmm.
1: yeah so the kind of obviously as i said there we are going to talk about the original uh, incarnation of nxt how it became more of a development, the creation of the brand as itself to be one of the go-to places in wrestling for both, not just the male wrestling, but women's wrestling and tag team wrestling. How the effect of the call-ups has been and we'll then go on to, as we always do, what are the favorites of us in the show. So uh, favorite matches, favorite rivalries and uh, what's going to happen in the future. So we all ready? And also, if anybody is, li- is listening at home, drop us a message. We are on Twitter, ESS Retweet, on Facebook, at suprex Retweet, or we are part of the Fusion Takeover branch of Strathclyde Fusion. So you can even message us on that, that Fusion underscore Takeover on Twitter. Right, so NXT. Most of the current people who listen uh, watch NXT now will kind of think of it as, obviously, a development place. It's where the guys go to now before they go to the main roster. Now, when NXT first launched, it was uh, it replaced the old ECW because at that point in time, ECW the re-launch had fell flat. WWE was flat, and they thought, let's we've got a contract with sci-fi, let's uh, make it a bit better on theory, and they introduced the competition format at NXT, which to start with seemed like a great idea. I mean, you had eight wrestlers, most of them who have never heard of, other than of course a Mr. Daniel Bryan. Most people, you him, obviously at that point is Brian Danielson, uh, but it was a group of eight mostly who were fresh. Uh, it was interesting to see how they were actually going to do with these. It was the pro rookie combination. Every one of these stars had a had a pro to start with for this format. I mean, what was your opinion of that format to begin with? Did you think it was a successful, or did you think uh, were you were you if to start with? I mean, as the seasons the season went on.
3: I think, like, Tough Enough, the original format was probably set to fail in the sense that it wasn't really set to build a star out of anyone. It was more set to kind of be a reality TV show, show the highs and lows of everyone, and as a result, no one really looked immortal and untouchable. Mm-hmm. So it was hard to take anyone particularly seriously.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, the, the the issue, as you said, there, it was uh, started. it was meant to be like a reality show. So the criticism a lot of people have for that NXT point was... As it went on, there was less of a focus on what was going on in the ring. It became more and more about the other things. So, of the like their ability to carry a, a water cooler on the back, you know, it just took. It just felt like they were demeaning some of these guys at times, uh, and that was a, a great criticism, especially in the first season when Daniel Bryan was there, mm. because for those of you who didn't know about Bryan pre WWE, he was the king of the independent circuit. Him, Ring of Honor, he was selling out shows all the time great feud with, with uh, Nigel McGuinness, if I remember rightly brilliant, uh, came to WWE, first of all he changed his name, and then there was the whole infamous Michael Cole pretty much took the mick out of him every week, uh, undermining was the geek, saying that he wasn't, didn't belong
2: there, I mean, it made these big independent stars feel like nothing, you know? Yeah, if you, if you hadn't heard of Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson, and the first time you watched it was that season of X T, you would not think he was a star.
1: So. Yeah, no, no, they just it, it, they just didn't make him look good at all. I mean, it was the same actually with a lot of the guys on the show. I mean, if you look at some of the talent you had on that first season, I mean, most of them are are well known to us at the current day. I mean, the, the for those of you who didn't know about NXT season one, that it was a cast of Wade Barrett, uh, who went on to have a brief time at the top of the the roster, but was it all ended thanks to Mister Cena. I'm not going to say anymore. Uh, Heath Slater, who's the I would believe is the only. Member of that roster who's still employed with WWE after the release of da- Darren Young, there was Skip Sheffield, better known to everybody as Ryback, uh, the Hall of Famer caliber Michael Tarver, uh, so that uh, Justin Gabriel, and uh, oh, actually no, there is another one still employed, but doesn't really wrestle. It's uh, David Otunga. He's still he is still, still employed with WWE. That. So how Daniel, on paper, Brian should have won that season, but. Mm-hmm. It just, you didn't feel it if you were watching. if you hadn't heard of them, it just didn't have that feeling with it. And the kind of pattern kept going as the seasons went on in that NXT format. I mean, they had about five seasons. Uh, season five went on for about what felt like a decade, but if you look at some of the guys who were actually part of that, uh, the big stars, so you, there was Daniel Bryan, uh, season two had Caval, who we all know is low-key from the independent circuit. He was made to look absolutely ridiculous as well. So do you think it was kind of a feeling that maybe Vince was, uh, didn't, really, didn't really take these guys seriously and wanted to kind of demean them a wee bit, you know, by putting them in this type of environment? I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I mean, it's hard to
3: say, but I think that what came after NXT Season 1 with the whole Nexus angle, mm-hmm. I think that actually took a really, you know, large negative and turned it into a massive positive. Mm-hmm. I, I know that Nexus angle kind of had mixed reviews and you know some people um, have said that it never got fully underway because of certain characters backstage mm-hmm. but I thought it was really really good and it kind of gave all of them a purpose on the show and it was something that hadn't been done in a while at that kind of scale, a yes. sort of full invasion angle and um, personally I took a break watching wrestling between about 2007 and 2009 mm-hmm. and when I came back to that and saw The Nexus I thought this is really cool again but I know a lot of people were thinking this is not really cool at all I mean, so it probably depends if you're
2: watching same, at the time i'm the same as uh, josh i was kind of on a hiatus from watching wrestling as well probably the nexus invasion that actually got me back into it yeah around that year around that time
1: i mean did you think this nexus angle was planned while they were doing nxt or do you think it just kind of came about at the end thinking like we could do something with these guys but we're not 100 percent sure what we could do with these guys you I know
3: would, i would imagine came about at the end because if you look at it they had um, everyone except the most successful star from that bunch in
1: that angle well, at the end. There was the re- the, there was obviously a reason for that. That uh, Daniel Bryan was fired because of he uh, went too far in that whole debut of the Nexus angle by uh, choking Justin Roberts with his tie. Mm. So um, how much of a role he would have played in the Nexus, we can't really tell because we don't really know how that how that would have went. But in recent times,
3: if you look at what WWE tend to do with controversial situations like that, they tend to play off of the controversy. So I think that if they fired Daniel Bryan, then chances are they didn't have a plan for him at mm. that time.
1: Yeah. If, they, if they were that willing to let him go. Mm. Yeah, that's a, it's a fair point, you know. But uh, the, as you say, with the Nexus angle, that was that was, that was was great when it first started. It was these band of renegades, you know, just coming out and they just beat everybody up. I mean, they beat, the, the day they debuted, they beat up John Cena and CM Punk pretty easily, you know, before the group of them. Obviously, it was a 7-on-1 situation, but, or 8-on-1, sorry, but they went on other weeks. They, they took out Vince McMahon, took out a bunch of legends. They, uh, Bret Hart was the GM at that point, and they took him out of the game completely until his return at the SummerSlam that year, so yeah the,
3: See, i think they were a few months too early because i think they were still at that phase where everyone was yet to turn on cena yet as the favorite of the product that they were kind of sick and tired of if they just waited another few months that angle might have gone down a lot more differently maybe they wouldn't have been booed as universally as they were maybe the kind of internet audience would have been right behind the
1: nexus well it was that angle if you look at it that kind of turned a lot of people against cena because the backstage politics was obviously cena pushed for him to win the, the match at SummerSlam, which put, yeah. put, which featured the Nexus against uh, an all-star team of John Cena, Edge, Jericho. It became Daniel Bryan. You had Bret Hart. You had uh, John Morrison and our truth So, but uh, there was a lot of things that Jericho and Edge in particular pushed for Nexus to win that match. But uh, Cena, as the main star, vetoed it, got it all vetoed. Mm-hmm. So, if he took that out of it, that kind of turned everybody against Cena yeah i think i try
3: not to speculate too much on what people say happened backstage because we'll never be able to verify it yeah. but i think that whole storyline was so bizarre because i remember Cena retired at the end of a match with wade barrett halfway through that angle
1: yeah no he lost a match and that kind of he was meant to be no he was he lost a match that Sorry, put him in control yeah. put him in the nexus mm-hmm. and then he was referee for a match that if barrett didn't win mm-hmm. he would be gone yeah. And that's the point you started coming out of the crowd and beating up the Nexus every week. Oh, you know. So that. so that was the thing you got. But the angle obviously fell flat. I mean, obviously, yeah. judging by the amount of guys that's there. But you kind of felt after the other seasons, they didn't really have too much of a plan for what was going on. And some points, obviously, with a lot of the stuff, as you said, the focus going away from wrestling and onto other competitions, you felt like a lot of the guys were feeling like a fish out of water. They were just getting chucked in. Mm-hmm. It was just like, go out, do this. I mean, the most uh, well-known example from past was uh, when they did the the promo competitions, and it was essentially here's a topic, do a promo. Now, in a world where, re- where WWE scripts a lot of the promos, this was like these guys didn't have really have a clue because they'd been kind of taught that they were going to get told what to say, and it was the the the, the, the main example. taught about was the infamous night in season two. I don't know if you remember this with a Mr. Well-known Eli Cottonwood. He's familiar with this one at all? No, no. it was the infamous mustache promo <laughs> where he cut this promo and mustache. It was—I can't remember exactly what the promo once were, but it was absolutely—it's—it's—it's it's, it's in folklore with uh, Eli Cottonwood. Now he's not—he's one of—he is one of the only guys from NXT who doesn't have a Wikipedia page. Shows mm. how much he's went off the radar. But that mustache promo will forever live on in his memory because he absolutely—I can't remember the but he fluffed it completely. Mm. And it just certainly, they didn't really, these guys are just kind of being told. I mean, you had, that season had you had Alex Riley, uh, Michael McGillicuddy, who's known now as Alex, so guys who could kind of cut a promo, and you felt that these guys were doing well, but it was against these guys at the bottom, so it was kind of like they were making these guys look stupid before they came in. Yeah. And that was obviously the problem with, with, that, yeah. with that NXT at that think, point I
2: don't think it really helped when everyone in that program was consistently buried by commentary as well.
1: Yeah, there was Michael Cole yeah. uh, and Josh Matthews and even Max Striker at the time. CM Punk as well. C- C- yeah, there. they would com- continually demoralise. These, these guys hadn't even started and mm. they were just getting nowhere with it, you know.
3: Yeah, it's a testament to how powerful WWE's marketing department actually is, that they've managed to make a mockery of some of these stars with some of these angles, yet later on, rebrand them, it's incredibly yeah. successful. Mm-hmm. So. I can't even remember what Ryback's name was, but when they brought him back as an individual out Mm. with Nexus, out with that NXT uh, angle, um, you know, he was huge. He was incredibly over. Same with, uh, obviously, Bray Wyatt, who was Husky Harris at the time. So, you know, a lot of other stars go away for a few years and they come back and no one's forgotten that original... Character that they can't let go of. So, for example, Tenzay returns and everyone's chanting Albert and Shave Your Back and things like that. But <laughs> now it's as if Bray Wyatt, as you know, sorry, Husky Harris never existed. He's entirely known as Bray Wyatt.
1: Yeah, exactly.
4: So don't forget, Ryback was originally Ryan Reeves and the original Tough Enough.
3: Yeah,
2: that's Same season as the Miz. Yeah, yeah. Exactly.
1: yeah. So, but not many of these guys really went on to any prominence. I mean, you mentioned there uh, Husky Harris as Bray Wyatt's went on at some level. Uh, Aj Lee was in season three. Uh, so was Naomi as well. She went on to a, she took her a while, but she's got some level of success now. Uh, Johnny Curtis, who won season four, is now known as Fandango. Uh, Byron Saxton came from NXT as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that has been some successes. But one of the things that people look at as well with the NXT was uh, before they kind of scrapped it, there was this whole recently there was this leaked bit about what was called the lost season of NXT. Don't know how much i have seen about that in the yeah. in the media. talk. it was, they were going to before they relaunched it, as we'll talk about. But they had a plan for a, a season six, and the caliber of the guys who were going to be on season six, as it was revealed, because it was this video promo all shot. It was a great list. You had Biggie Langston, Bo Dallas, Damian Sandow, Jinder Mahal, Hunico, Leo Kruger, better known to many people as Adam Rose, Xavier Woods, and Seth Rollins. It's quite a stack. Looking at it now, and in retrospect, that would have been a great season. Yeah. But, how would they they have mucked them up to the same degree as they mucked up a lot of the guys they had?
3: I think if you've got a really talented pool, though, you need to pick which ones you like the best and then promote them over some of the other guys. That's the nature of wrestling. Some people are always going to, you know, look like the heroes, whereas some are going to look like, I mean, I don't want to call them jobbers because that's not fair to anyone, but, you know, fans perceive them Mm -hmm. as such. Yeah. So, it's the same way when sometimes you get a really, you know, a, a match card for a big event with loads of good matches on it. Somehow it doesn't always do it justice because some of these stories should be allowed to play out in their own right as a main event. So, I mean, like like uh, Bray Wyatt and, um, you know, Ryback, etc. some of these guys might eventually have broken out as single stars, but I don't think the format would have done them justice.
1: Mm. Yeah, exactly. So, but that was the thing with developmental wrestling, you know, it's... Uh, you're meant to kind of, as you see, you picked up the best ones. Obviously, will go on to become successful. But the the least the least successful ones, obviously, they, they try them, and some of them can improve. You mean you've had examples where guys have started off. I Mean traditionally in the in the past, The Rock was started off very raw, and obviously became the superstar that he is today. So it's that kind of it. It could go either way. Mm-hmm. But uh, the the thing that obviously like I said, the thing that annoyed a lot of people with the NXT format was that lack of wrestling it was yeah, more focused on other yes. stuff so what uh, WWE were quite smart at that point in time because uh, as season, we talked about season 5 kind of felt like it didn't really have a draw to conclusion it went on essentially forever mm-hmm. so they thought let's do something different and let's kind of merge this with the developmental side of WWE which at that point in time we did have a strong developmental scene I mean WWE in the past had uh, had relationships with uh, various territories such as Memphis with Jerry Laurel, Laurel can't pronounce his name then the king was there Uh, but they obviously had they had in the early noughties they had the relationship with ohio valley wrestling which helped produce produce the likes of brock lesnar batista and john cena and and that late decade they had the relationship with florida championship wrestling where we had obviously the likes of seth rollins dean ambrose roman reigns cody graves etc all went to 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 play their trade Mm. so but fcw was never on television You know, it didn't really get a prominent stage. I mean, I think it was on YouTube. There's obviously a lot of matches that eventually went on the network, but I think it was almost exclusively on YouTube. It was done in very small, Mm -hmm. very small scenes. So what what happened, what eventually would go on was they would then merge it with NXT, and that would essentially become the developmental brand. Yeah. FCW and NXT were essentially the one thing.
3: It was definitely a good move, because I remember when I was watching uh, the old NXT, uh, I was an undergraduate student and I don't think anyone will ever have as much free time in their life ever again as <laughs> when they were an undergraduate student. But I remember thinking, if I've got time for shows this week, that will be Raw, Smackdown, uh, and if it's coming down to either Superstars or NXT, I'm going to watch Superstars. I think when you're picking Superstars over a show, that shows what the kind of calibre is of NXT at that time.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, the early days of NXT, a lot. Uh, it started off... Obviously, as a bit of experiment. Obviously, at first, because you had a lot of guys who were quite raw. Some people, you all of them, uh, but you had to have a certain level of uh, knowledge of the industry, to kind of know some of the guys. I mean, there was guys like Vader's son was on it at that point in time, uh, and the likes of Cody Graves were on at the time. I mean, bef- uh, so there was a lot of experimental with it. So I think the the, the first time you really saw any prominence with it was when they the, uh, they made up the first championship essentially, which was the NXT Championship, which was decided in a tournament which kind of took the vantage, what they did really well to start with actually is they took a lot of the guys who were in the lower card yeah. of the main roster and brought them down to face off of these guys so the tournament featured the likes of uh, Drew McIntyre was in it obviously Drew Galloway to the ICW fans and um, Jinder Mahal as well mm-hmm. so these guys were part of this tournament so it kind of helped for the people who didn't really know the likes of Seth Rollins and Bo Dallas yeah. to kind of get accustomed to them in that yeah. tournament You know, and we really got to see what they were capable of because they were against these names that were known.
3: Yeah, I think I need to mention this at this point. So recently, I, I have a, I've, you know I've acquired a Blu-ray player, so I've turned into someone that now is elitist about DVDs, and I've ended up buying a lot of the old stuff retrospectively on Blu-ray, such as the um, the history of NXT DVD, and the first match. On, oh, sorry, it's the greatest matches even. Uh, the first match on it is that championship match between Seth Rollins. And Jinder Mahal at the end of a tournament for their first ever NXT champion. Mm. And uh, it really bothers me that they do this, but they've uh, cut um, Seth Rollins' finishing move from the match. Oh, they've not done that. So it's the most important, you know, it's the cherry on the cake, the most important part of the show. And it cuts to the fans cheering, and all you see is the fans go wild. And then the next thing you know, you've got a new champion. It it really stresses me out that they've done that.
1: Have you noticed in a lot of the times where they do the videos? With uh, Rollins winning the title at WrestleMania, mm. they never show him actually doing the curb stop on Reigns. Now they just they just show him doing the pin. Yeah. So right. he, they really just show Not him. Right enough, yeah. he, he comes yeah. out and then you see the pin, and obviously there's the yeah. championship celebration. But that's the but that was. I don't know. I've never actually watched the the full at WrestleMania back. But if they were to take that bit out, it would kind of ruin the moment. Yeah. You know. So, but yeah, I remember actually I remember that match because I. I knew a bit about Seth Rollins at that point in time when he's worked as Tyler Black in mm-hmm. Ring of Honor. Yeah. And his work was solid, you know. He was a great in-ring character, but he was very... He was still raw in the WWE style. Yeah. So having him make that transition and having that match with a guy who... He, what, Jinder was seasoned at that point in time. He'd been there mm-hmm. for a couple of years. He knew what it took. He, he never really put on... He was never really going to be major at that point in time. Mm-hmm. I say that now. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. what was going on. Uh, so you kind of had that with him. So, but it was good to kind of see and it, it them giving them the championship so early on made them kind of feel like a brand of its own, mm-hmm. and it already felt a bit better than what we were seeing on the previous seasons of NXT because you felt like there was a bit of importance to it, you know, mm-hmm. and they weren't just gonna kind of scrap. They had something to kind of fight for, mm-hmm. and that was good. That was good with that that as well, but. As the kind a of, couple of years after that went on, we really saw a lot of the evolution of some of some great stars. Cause I remember NXT at that point in time; it was always on Sky Sports, the hour before Raw, or so it was on at twelve o'clock and uh, uh, twelve o'clock at night. And because if you if you at that point obviously at university, you kind of had a bit more time to kind of watch these things on a Monday night at times. Mm. So you would tune into that just because it was easier because it was wrestling. You just wanted to kind of watch through, and you saw a lot of the evolution of some of these guys. And you thought some of these guys are going to be great. Mm-hmm. I mean one of the best examples was not, obviously Rollins was the first champion but he was still the champion when the Shield came about so we got to see while well, we saw the Shield on the main roster we got to see the Shield at that point in time as well mm-hmm. and you kind of that was they were developing that character in front of a, a smaller more mm-hmm. t- hostile crowd mm-hmm. and it was good to kind of see that development as well Yeah. but if you look at some of the guys we had at that point in time I mean some of them are, some of them did brilliantly you know we saw him. That's when we first saw Big E as well. Yeah, Biggie was Big the Lassen, second, yeah When it was Biggie Langston. One of the things that Biggie did great down there is he had when he did his finish and he pinned it, and when it wasn't a count to three, he would ask for a for a five. Yeah. For a five count, and it just made it made him come across as a much more like that, that finisher felt a lot bigger mm-hmm. because he's like count to five, I can keep him down. Mm-hmm. Of, when he of it, when he got his call up, it was it was a bit different, you know. But yeah. We, d- we saw that type side of, of, of Big E, you know, that was him kind of fine-tuning his, fine his character then, and now looking at him mm. as part of the new day. Mm. It's completely different, if you know what I'm talking about.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting what you were saying, though, going back to about how um, you got to see The Shield on, you know, like the main roster, and you got to see them on NXT as well with Seth Rollins as champion at that time. But it's interesting how they never let those stories mix. Uh-huh. So Seth Rollins reign as champion was not, particularly uh, marketed at the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know whether they thought that was kind of um, you know, if they were to mix those two uh, products, would it devalue the main roster? Whereas now, a few years later, when you saw Kevin Owens debut, it was, you know, Ah. Kevin Owens is the NXT champion, that's why you should care. Mm -hmm. Whereas a a few years ago, they just glossed over it. So it's interesting to see how they've perceived that as a a milestone in wrestling achievement.
1: When you talk about the kind of mix, one of the more recent ones that kind of falls into my mind was uh, at the San Antonio one in January where uh, Rollins showed up to address oh, Triple yeah. H. Yeah. That, was a, that was a good segment. It, that was a great mix of main roster because looking at Rollins, he'd been like, going about for months going, ah, where's Triple H?
2: Triple yeah. H come out
1: here. And then it's obviously clicked in his head going like, I know where Triple H will be, where he always is <laughs> at NXT. What happened, they came out and then that, that angle... We didn't really see how it was fully really going to go because Rollins had that injury, mm-hmm. but we did get some advance to it, but that was that, that was great because you, you kind of, Triple, it, it was weird as well because Triple H is always the face mm-hmm. on NXT. We heard right. the, in the intro there how he addressed the crowd at Brooklyn, and they were they loved him. But that was kind of the one point in NXT you kind of seen him as a heel, mm-hmm. which was that kind of mix you don't really get. That's the kind of, that's also, as well the classic example of how they, didn't, they sometimes don't really mix the two because Triple yeah. H was the heel on main TV for so for for a good few years but he was always the face of NXT because he was like the father of it. But yeah, that's the type of thing as well you get with that. I mean, NXT as well, we also saw the early evolution of the Wyatt family. I mean, did any of you two you see the Wyatts work on NXT at all?
2: I remember the very first episode of the, I guess you can say, most recent incarnation that was the, the vignette for the mm-hmm. Wyatts. Yeah. I didn't see any of their matches, but I do remember thinking that was pretty cool the gimmick when mm-hmm. I first saw it.
1: That, it was the point that was, they came about, that was really where they were just kind of it started off with, uh, as we talked about it on, Bray Wyatt was originally Husky Harris, who was, it was, the, he was the big guy, but he was quick, he was in, but he was kind of like a lackey. Yeah. But then they, they kind of developed him into that type of Bray Wyatt the cult leader character. He was initially himself, mm-hmm. and then they obviously started to bring about his family, and that's where we saw Eric Rowan Look, Harper, who were well known and, well well known to a degree on the independent circuit. I know Harper was well known quite before. I yeah. don't. I'm not so much sure about Rowan. I mean, Josh, maybe might be better to tell me. Was he quite I well known before? I've
3: never heard anything about Rowan until WWE, so I've got <laughs> yeah, no idea. idea.
1: Yeah. So, uh, but uh, Harper was Brody Lee on the independent mm. circuit, and he was quite. He, his style kind of continued over. Yeah,
3: he was always interesting. Yeah,
1: mm. I and mean, he got better when he was in the Whites. To be fair, he was brilliant in the Whites.
3: Yeah, but I think the you know, amount of in-ring exposure he gets has gone downhill these days. So I think, I don't know, as someone who kind of um, probably preferred the other stuff that he did, uh, I'd say he's kind of been disappointing in WWE. But I don't think that's his fault. He's obviously developed big time as a character. Mm-hmm. I think he's one of those guys that when he looks into the camera, you're terrified. And that's something
1: yeah. that's very difficult to pick up anywhere else. So Yeah, totally. He's definitely been successful. But the Wyatts had the... Pr- I mean... When, at that point in time, they, when the Wyatts were coming out, that's when they brought in the tag team title in NXT. And a lot of people thought they were going to put it on the Wyatts, but they didn't put it on them initially. The t- the, the first ever NXT champ, champs, I don't know, is he able to tell me off the top of your head who the first champs were in NXT? The Ascension. It wasn't the Ascension, no. No, was that not because of the ascension? The ascension they were le- the into Ascens- some
3: sort of problem at that point. No? Yeah,
1: the ascension were later oh, right on. Not. They're just that oh. the ascension at that point in time with the team of, Con- uh, of Connor O'Brien, who's yeah. still there with them, and Kenneth Cameron, Yeah, who's better well known to Bram. everybody now as Bram. Bram yeah. 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 But he get done for uh, some sort of I think I explain. Probably exactly. best to stay, steer clear yeah. of that. <laughs> you know. So uh, yeah, so they were later <laughs> on. the first ever tag team champions in NXT were the team called British Ambition which was the team of Oliver Grey, again he's not. he, he got injured and released not long after it, his tag team partner was a one Adrian Neville. Uh, so, I,
2: knew, I knew they were champions, but I didn't know Neville was in it. Oh
1: yeah, the, no, I definitely wasn't watching they, that at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but they were the first champions, but Grey got injured, uh, so the, uh, the, his, uh, def- he had to pick a partner to face the Wyatts and he ended up teaming up with Bo Dallas. So, uh, but they lost the titles to the Wyatts but at that point the Wyatts were running amok I mean I remember that point the, the highlight of NXT at that point in time was the rivalry between the Wyatts and the weird tr- uh, foursome as they were of Neville Corey Graves we had Cassius Ono in his first run at NXT and William Regal <laughs> taking on the Wyatts and the Wyatts beat them every time near enough apart from whenever the Wyatts dropped the belts which I think was because the Wyatts were getting the call up yeah. So they dropped the belts to Graves and Neville. Yeah. But they 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 essentially ran a mock every week. Every, every NXT show would end with the Wyatt standing tall. And it made Bray feel like a big deal for his call up a couple of months later. Mm. But that was that was effective because you got that great exposure. I guess the likes of guys like Regal, you know? So it made you it took you a bit you took it a bit more serious at that point in time. Yeah. Uh, another kinda one I remember at that point in time was um female faction in nxt i can't remember the name off the top of my head but it was led by summer ray
3: no nah, we're
1: getting too obscure here well, you'll remember exactly who was in the stable with her it was sasha banks right. and charlotte summer ray was the leader of that stable
3: yeah that's <laughs> interesting actually yeah you think they would have been desperate from day one to like capitalize off of the flair name yeah. Yeah, I'm right. not suggesting she's not you know incredible in her own right she's absolutely amazing mm-hmm. but like you know just the way WWE tend to run things they always like to capitalize yeah, I mean, off we'll, of we'll, any we'll, we'll, second generation
1: we'll talk about the women in a bit more in more detail in the second half of the show but these are the type of things you got in the original kind of incarnation of NXT and I think the real turning point for NXT I mean I'll talk about the, the bits more to visit, was when the WWE Network came about and the, and the network, the Triple H, when the network came about, said, I'm going to give NXT a bit more exposure. And we got that when NXT Arrival, for sure. We'll talk about the TakeOver series a bit more later on, but we got that in the NXT Arrival. Did, 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 obviously, that wasn't really, we didn't have a network at that point in time. Do any of you remember that Arrival show in great detail at, at any point with some of the things that actually went on that night?
3: no but i remember that that was the point where i, I was realizing i need to tune back into this mm-hmm. because a few years ago as i said i'd made the decision let's start watching nxt and
1: that's what turned
2: my head back again mm-hmm. was a rival cesaro zane that was the that's, final cesaro yeah.
1: that was the the final cesaro zane yeah uh nxt at that point in time Sami zane de- uh, debuted at nxt at that point in time and WWE did a great integration with the main roster as i said by mm-hmm. bringing down cesaro who put on series after series of matches with Sami Zayn mm-hmm. initially he put him over but then Cesaro ended up getting the win at the, paper, at the, the big events but mm-hmm. they put on some great matches absolutely two out of three falls at the end of 2013 before the network the two of them faced off if you look it up great match yeah it's yeah. well worth I could got match of
2: the year in NXT I think it was that match and Charlotte versus Natalia. That was, was a, same, that was a later one was a later one right? that was okay. a later one yeah that so, was a, certainly those two matches got me into watching
1: it I mean, the main event of that show was one of the ones that got me quite hooked on it and we had Adrian Neville and Bo Dallas fighting for the NXT title in a ladder match I watched this back the other night uh, they made that feel so big because Shawn Michaels came out and actually introduced the two yeah. them so that was kind of like here's the legend saying that these two boys are going to be the next big thing and it, it kind of got <laughs> you thought this is going to be good Mixed success for the two of them, I would say. Yeah, I would say. It was a bit of a mixed bag with them, you know. Mm. Bo's NXT run was was quite good. I thought, yeah, was, yeah. I thought Bo was really good at NXT. And then he got the call-up and it didn't really work out the same for him. But well, mm-hmm. that's another thing we that's going to come up later on in the show, the kind of mixed success of these call especially as things are the now. Mm-hmm. But see, that's for the second part of the show. I thought this would be a good point to kind of take our usual breather and... After the break, we will discuss pretty much everything else. We'll talk All Things Takeover, All Things Women's Tag Wrestling, and how the mixed success of the call up has went. But on the note of women's wrestling, uh, NXT really brought women's wrestling back on the mat. And as we discussed, one of the women was Sasha Banks. And one of the other ones was a was was a bit ba- I can't get her name out there. It was Bailey. And they put on a great show at one of the takeovers in Brooklyn initially, we saw Bailey win the title. So Here's the point in time where Triple H told them that they were going to make history in women's wrestling
4: The man in charge of NXT, Triple H Has summoned WWE diva Sasha Banks Back to Full Sail University For a meeting with the NXT Women's Champion, Bayley Neither competitor knows why
0: Coming out of Brooklyn and you guys just I need to tell you how good it was. And what you guys did continually, you know, raising the bar. Not just for the women, for everyone. It was so good, and I felt like I was leaving story on the table. So we have another takeover. I would like, for the first time in the history of NXT, and the first time in the history of the WWE, to ask you guys to main event a paper. I want to do it in an Iron Man match for 30 minutes. Uh, nervous. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm
2: just like shaking
1: yeah. inside. Like, I was so shocked. This Iron Woman match is going to be the first in history. You're
0: going to make history together. I'm not giving you a main event. You are the main event. This is. You- your mommy mom. Change the business.
2: We <laughs> were such losers because <laughs> no. we kept like, oh man, I can't even stop thinking about it. It's so oh,
0: weird.
1: Oh, God. We are going to make history twice in one night being the main event of a pay-per-view and being the first ever women's Iron Woman match. The first ever. Yeah. First ever, two, <laughs> two things, Iron. I'm just like, I know if I look at her, I'm gonna start crying because it means so much to both of us. I don't know, do good so we can said, do it at yeah. WrestleMania yeah. someday. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: <sighs> oh god. Congratulations. Thank you. Oh my god. Take Sasha's skin. Since we were doing it. Oh, I'm nervous. <laughs> Dude, we can freaking do it. Holy moly. Suplex repeat. 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 Suplex. Repeat!
1: Suplex repeat? Now, what about suplex retweet? This is Scotland's U.S. wrestling podcast. This is Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. (laughs) And <laughs> we're back. Yes, that was a... That that's that's a promo for you. You know, uh, uh, should we talk about what happened? Uh, yeah, that was the first ever promo on the Fusion Takeover. <laughs> <laughs> promo, <laughs> inverted commas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just had a bit of it. Uh, that was uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey being told by Triple H that they were going to main event an NXT pay per view and a man, a thirty woman. I am I my am match, thirty women, thirty women, thirty minute. I I put myself <laughs> off with that promo, with that promo there. That was it. That, that, that was all off the cuff. Don't worry about it. Uh, so yeah, back to our topic, which is NXT. Now we just had the talk about the other women of NXT, obviously Bailey and Sasha Banks. Let's talk about the, the actual division in a bit more detail now. It's fair to say that at this point in time, the women's division was falling flat in WWE. Am I right in saying that? <laughs> At that point in time, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it just doesn't just
3: even need discussed. Yeah, no. Exa-
1: no. it was pretty much. Uh, it h- wasn't hitting off the same level as what it had historically. Um, so, but NXT, I say
3: that it wasn't a lack of talent. It was just the way it was being portrayed and marketed on TV.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. exactly. So, but uh, NXT gave women a bit more of an opportunity to put on matches because the issue we had with WWE in the past was women weren't getting a lot of time at that point. in you know, we were maybe getting about two minutes off of a match. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't enough time for the talent. As you said, there, there was no... It wasn't like the roster wasn't talented. The roster was very talented, but they just didn't get the actual proper stage to set. Yeah. So, NXT gave a lot of the up-and-coming women that type of place to kind of put on a great show. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Nathan said in the first half, one of the ones was when they crowned a, a women's champion at the point in time where Charlotte took on Natalia. Uh, that was a great exhibition of women's wrestling because it, they made it feel like a big stage at that t- that particular takeover event.
2: Mm. I, think, um, I think it's Mick Foley who said this. He reckons, and I agree with this. That's probably start of the women's revolution came mm. about the year after probably that match there.
1: Yeah, well, the set, the women's wrestling. Uh, the, that you talk about the women's evolution, revolution. So it's a bit of a debate of who initially started that off. Mm. I mean, you said that Mick Foley said that was the starting point. Other people may argue that it came a bit earlier on. We talked about NXT arrival earlier on. The the, the, the women's match at that point for the championship was Paige and Emma. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people would credit they two for being the ones who started off the the women's revolution. Uh, That that particular match is great. I mean, Emma at that point in time, that was when she was still the bubbly babyface who came Mm -hmm. out and she danced the time. But it it worked on NXT. Mm -hmm. Didn't get the exact same effect on the women's roster. But they two put on a great show. Uh, But that was... Before we got the likes of Charlotte and and as we talked earlier, Sasha Banks. That came a bit later on when the likes of Paige got her call up and that's when we started seeing these four the, the four super uh, four women known as the Horsewomen, who are Charlotte, Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks and Bailey, who would pretty much fight uh, face off all the time. Was the that the peak of women's wrestling ever? You'd say at that point, a lot of people would argue that the points where they were fighting off that spell was the, the peak that women's wrestling has been, historically. I may be wrong there, so that's up for the debate. There, I mean, what do you think on that one? Do
2: you mean the peak is in? That's the best point that women's yeah, wrestling has been uh, ever. Are you talk about like <laughs> Bailey Sasha, for example, or
1: we're talking about that whole spell with the four of them were the four of, between from Charlotte winning the t- title to say that match, that the Iron Women match, that period of time
3: yeah i think in yeah. terms of mainstream exposure it definitely was mm-hmm. i wouldn't look overlook stuff that's happened elsewhere well yeah but that's obviously that's that, yeah, but that was, i mean, I mean it, it, it's a simple case of the majority of fans have wrestling brought to them directly by wwe mm-hmm. so in terms of exposure absolutely mm-hmm. but it's interesting as well because like not every wwe fan at that point was also watching nxt so mm-hmm, i think yeah. that when the corpse happened some of the sort of hype around them was sort of mythical yeah. the casual fan
1: yeah mm-hmm. exactly Yeah, uh, it's, there's still kind of that type of thing about the casual fan and the mainstream fans some of the mainstream fans don't really know the NXT
2: product mm-hmm. that's still kind of the issue you mm-hmm. get but obviously it was a bit more prevalent at that point in time Yeah. Probably peak of women's wrestling during the year policy it was probably the triple threat Mania 32 that was uh, that came uh, pretty yeah. much a year after that
1: Aye. Iron Women match back in 2016 uh, that was the point where it kind of felt uh, you would have preferred it if the fo- the four of them had been in that match I mean they did they did all four fight on one of the NXT takeover shows yeah. mm-hmm. where Sasha won the belt and that was didn't kind of have the same because I think at that point in time Becky was still trying to find her feet mm-hmm. because the other uh, the other three had been a bit more established as you said Charlotte was obviously a they had been brought through her, uh, the whole time Sasha had been on the the roster a bit longer Bailey had been up and down but she never really had the, the popularity that she had at her peak last year or when she was the champ so, and Becky obviously came in from the UK scene but in the WWE style she was still a bit raw but the best match I remember at that point in time when the women's wrestling was actually Sasha-Becky and one of the, the takeovers after it where well, they fought oh, for the, yeah, they fought yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean it was the point because initially uh, Sasha and Becky were the heels mm. and they were kind of a tandem at that point in time, uh, but then Becky was a bit sick of being in the shadow, and she wanted to step out. Uh-huh. And she wanted to be the champ. I think that was probably her big breakthrough, wasn't it? That oh. was a break because I think at the, she didn't really have she uh, have a really like, gimmick at that point in time. Mm. But that was the point she really started. I think that was the point she dyed her hair orange mm. as well. Right? <laughs> she kind of stood out a bit more, you yeah, know. Since coming up Millhouse at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that dyeing your hair is going to make you a top women's wrestler. But you kind of felt like she was kind of breaking out a wee bit and trying to start to find herself, mm-hmm. and they put on a great match. I, mean, yeah. I, I may I hold my hands up and maybe people don't agree with, me with this one. I think Becky's the best of the four. I don't know if I'm the only one that thinks it. So. <laughs> no, I'll I
3: say Charlotte. D- so. Depends what you mean by best, though, doesn't it? Best, the, the best. I think, the best, the best I think she's the best all rounder. I think she's the
1: best all rounder.
3: I don't know. I maybe she's definitely the best in the ring.
1: <laughs> I definitely know. the best.
3: Maybe have to give it to Charlotte or Sasha. Mm-hmm. Especially because Charlotte's held the attention of the fans for that division for so long as being right at the top of it. And usually mm. when someone's at the top of a certain division for a certain amount of time, people start to get fed up of it and turn away. But mm. she's still holding the interest. I think she does a great job.
1: Yeah. It's interesting that none of us have said Bailey. Mm. <sighs> <laughs> I mean, Bailey's still... Bailey's. Could we all agree that Bailey's been kinda of mucked up since she brought, got called up? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But she still she still got that like that electric response in Manchester on Monday night. So she's still got that level of popularity. Do you think the kinda of your likes of Sasha, Becky, Charlotte are more appreciated by the hardcore level of the fans and Bailey satisfies that that P G level that we get, like people into the John Cena and Roman Reigns? Do you think she kind of Hits that market better Than the other three And the other three Kind of satisfy the hub no more strong
3: See I get the feeling That there's probably A difference between being An American wrestling fan And a British wrestling Mm. fan Because I reckon that over there They might find The characters relatable For different reasons Mm. So Over here I think You know People do tend to prefer uh, You know A bad guy Mm. Or woman in this case But Um over there, you know, they might want that kind of standard John Cena character, uh, who's you know, kind of the good guy, the the comic book hero. Mm-hmm. I think Bailey probably satisfies that, and that also might explain why we would have gone for Becky as well, because yeah. she's from this side of the water.
1: I just think she's a she's got that kind of connect. I think she kind of connects when she gets going, and, and her styles her styles really easy to catch on me as well. I think she's a a good babyface mm-hmm. as a well, well, he likes a Charlotte Sasha. Are really good as heels I mean Char- uh, Sasha's overdue a heel turn I think but yeah. she might not actually get the heel turn I mean there's talk of Bailey getting the heel turn you mm-hmm. know I mean I don't know how that's going to end up working based on what we just discussed it's hard to kind of tell but we had that kind of with, with the four horsewomen when they were at NXT we had that it was about a year long spell where they kind of fought off all the time kind of changed when we eventually moved on to the next era and that was the era of Asuka yeah, where the the kind of women's division in NXT changed completely, mm-hmm. as opposed to just four what four women who kind of felt on equal ground, to one yeah. who completely <laughs> ran over the roster. I mean, Asuka divides a lot of people. I don't know if she divides this room from what your opinions are. What is your opinions on Asuka? And overall, in terms of, I mean, it's, wrestling, wrestling's wrestling, hands down, she's brilliant. Overall, oh yeah.
3: incredibly exciting yeah. to watch, but mm. I think that. This the excitement of that division, from when, um, you know, the four horsewomen were leading it compared to when Asuka was leading it. Sorry, leading it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's harder to enjoy mm-hmm. in more recent times, I think, and I wonder whether there's a relationship there. So she might be a good standalone character, but does she have chemistry with other wrestlers? Does she create exciting storylines?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. From her time in NXT, I can't really pin down a big rivalry. I mean, a lot of people yeah. will say her and Ember Moon. Yeah. But I'm not. I wasn't convinced in the whole chemistry between the two of them in that way. I mean, mm-hmm. I think the best match that she was involved with was the four-way match we got when it was her, uh, Peyton Royce, Billy Kay, and Nikki Cross. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that was, But that was good for a different reason. You know, it wasn't exactly a, a match. I mean, Asuka. The kind of from what I remember, the lot you had uh, Peyton and Billy take out Nikki, and they were meant mm-hmm. to go double team. Asuka and get the win and Asuka steamrolled the two of them yeah you know so Asuka was kind of she was meant to be like the Goldberg type of streak that she just mm-hmm. went and beat everybody else but she's also she's now went up to the main roster and that title was kind of vacant mm-hmm. I mean what do you think how do you think the women's scene is going to go forward now I mean what we had we had the advantage we just had the Mae Young Classic mm-hmm. where we had all the great independence female wrestlers coming to coming to prominence there and we've obviously is it Carrie Sane, is that is that did I pronounce that right? Whoever won that? Carrie Sane. Carrie Sane, thank you. I, I wasn't sure if I pronounced that right. Taking on Ember Moon, Peyton Royce and Nikki Cross for the NXT Women's t- championship at the upcoming war games. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you see us getting the same level of excitement we got with the Horsewomen going forward with the women that with that level of division? I mean as Scots, we can't really argue about the quality of Nikki, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. But that's maybe a bit Is it biased? No, it's not. just great. I think the
3: (laughs) important thing is there'll be a chance to tell new stories with new characters. So Mm -hmm. that's probably what will draw the excitement. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the type of thing we're hoping for. Because obviously Asuka is obviously great in the ring, but we've kind of had that level that we don't really see anybody else on the same peg. Now we've got that chance to kind of start again, Mm -hmm. which is what attracted us to uh, that division in NXT in the first place. Mm -hmm. So I'm hopeful we're going to get the same going forward. Mm -hmm. I mean going to, to that War Games match in the women's division I'll go does
2: MD got a pr- you got a prediction for that match as it stands I think probably Carrie's saying but like you were saying I'll hopefully this is start off perhaps a new four horseman I don't know uh, it's, it's hard
1: to tell I mean bias makes me think Nicky mm. I think they put the title on Ember Moon
2: I'm yeah. not too sure about
1: it but it's hard to tell I, I like that idea that you can't really tell who's going to win that type of match yeah. cause it brings a mm. bit more excitement to it but Hopefully the women's division gets to the same level as it was, but the women's division wasn't the only division where NXT helped improve at the time of that point. The other one was was the tag team division. Now, WWE have had issues with the tag team division, I think it's fair to say for a good number of years. Never really got to the, got it to click. Mm-hmm. NXT have done a very good job of actually making that division great with a small, you'd say a small amount of tag teams. It is fair to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've had some great teams who have came from that NXT system. The one we talked about earlier on was the Ascensions, the first one. Yeah, Ascension and NXT were absolutely superb. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not for the how they wrestled, but how they were put across. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, kind of. I mean, I say that, but I, I, it's kind of similar to what we just had talked about with Asuka. You know, they kind of steamrolled the division for that amount of time, and then they they got uh, called up and didn't really get the same. Mm-hmm. But and then after the ascension, we did have a good level of high quality tag team matches happening consistently. Mm-hmm. I mean we had guys that produced a lots of guys like the VOD villains mm-hmm. we had Enzo and Cass, the Revival. Most recently, we've also had DIY, the Offers of Pain, and our, the current tag team champs of Sanity. I mean. Let's just let's, let's just open the discussion up on the NXT tag team division in the past. Could I uh, throw
4: the street profits in on that one. <laughs> <laughs> just say they're one of our personal favourites at the moment. Okay, we'll throw the street profits in that Thank one. I e mean, P speaks.
1: <laughs> let's open up the dis let's just open up this let's just have an open discussion on this type of one. The NXT tag team division mean what was your opinion on how it went? I mean we'll take away from we'll from we'll go from Ascension to now. What's the what's the opinions, guys?
3: In terms of every single NXT takeover, uh, pay per view show, I think the tag match usually steals the show. Yeah, that's usually what I'm in it for. Yeah, every it, single yeah. time,
1: it always kind of entertains. You know, mm-hmm. they you can always kind of rely on the tag teams to kind of pull out the stops mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. produce a great match. I mean, NXT had so much faith in tag team wrestling. They had the Dusty Roads Classic. Yeah, mm-hmm. two years. T- the first one was kind of the, they t- they they threw people together. It wasn't really yes. tag teams. I, mean, yeah, I, I, I remember the final of that was Ballard and yeah, Joe that's, yeah. against Corbin and Rhino. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, was kind of, that was a weird <laughs> set combination but yeah we'll go with it but in the set last year it was more established tag teams and it was won by the offers of pain mm-hmm. so but as Josh says there, you could, the tag team matches at the takeovers do always pull out stops and we've had that in most recent ones where we had the triple threat tag, tag team match revival DIY and offers of pain we had the ladder match with DIY and offers of pain yeah. mm-hmm. and we also had that match in Canada with DIY and revival
3: I think just like every single time you watch the tag team matches from the NXT division it, it makes wrestling fresh again you remember exactly why you started watching it as a kid yeah. where anything seems possible all of a sudden again mm-hmm. um, not a lot makes you feel like that when you get desensitised to the typical product that we deliver yeah.
2: I mean, when I first started watching wrestling yeah, the tag teams were like Hard A's Dudley's Edge and Christian. that certainly the NXT's tag team certainly brought me back to that sort of excitement
1: yeah I mean uh, we, like we said, this the Ascension one kind of felt like they were just getting started because before the Ascension, you had the, the tag teams I talked about earlier on: British Ambition, Wyatt Family, Neville, C- Cody Graves. They kind of established as a, we we are we had teams you not to mess with type idea. Mm-hmm. And then after that, the kind of quality of wrestling fell through. I mean, we had I think when it start, I think it really hit the ground when the I think it was when the Vod Villains won the belts, and then it went to the revival. Mm-hmm. And we got American Alpha. You know. But even yeah. then there's there's some good teams who have not won the belts. I mean the ones we talked about was Enzo and Cass when they were down at NXT. Mm-hmm. They were they're arguably the best team from NXT to never win the belts. Uh
3: the I mean, most popular team probably not yeah. to have won the belts.
1: Yeah. In terms of chemistry though, they, they did they did the job, I mean they weren't exactly revival. You know. Yeah. They're not gonna go out there and pull out submission and suplexes all the time, you know. But they had that connection that the fans kind of were hoping that they were going to win the belts at some point and obviously it never happened because they got the mm-hmm. call up I mean they'll go down as a team who never they never actually won any belts mm-hmm. as tag team wrestlers which is we wouldn't have felt about it with the level of popularity they had no but you kind of talk about it was when the revival got the belts I think the revival put that wrestling on the mat as you said when the, the, we started getting the high quality of tag matches I remember the series obviously they had the series with DIY and they also had a good series where. American yeah. Alpha as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, American Standard. Alpha, how we wish we look back to those days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now we look at it.
3: The, the chemistry between DIY though was perfect even when they weren't wrestling as a tag team. So, uh, you know, remember the first round of the Cruiserweight Classic when it was oh, yeah. Champa versus oh, Gargano. Ho, ho,
1: ho. What a Just match. What
3: a match. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Um And then obviously uh, what happened at the end of the ladder match when Ciampa turned on Gargano, you know, (laughs) got you right in
1: the feels. You felt it, didn't you? You were kind of like, God, I can't believe it. They they did it really great as well because you had the two of them on the entranceway and they put the credits up, you're like, it's it's going to end. And then bang.
3: Yeah, I don't think they've ever done that before. Well, they may have, but I don't remember a time where something happens after that Mm -hmm. point. No, no. Because I I usually take that uh, you know the the credit stamp whatever the watermark at the end. Mm. I usually I, that's, uh, the, that's the point you turn off. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's usually the point where I go. Oh, okay, the thing that I wanted to happen isn't happening. It's time to go mm. home.
1: Imagine <laughs> but, you turned it off at that point, and then you went on, then you went to bed, and then you went on Facebook or Twitter the next day, going like, oh, Gagano is Gagano get turned on?
3: I was about to turn it <laughs> off at that point, and I saw there was three four minutes of video left, and I thought, mm. well, I'd better hold on a second. <laughs>
1: So, but that was a great spell. I mean, as you said, tore the house down all the time. The, mm-hmm. the best one, which I mentioned, I uh, probably a lot of people will say was uh, two out of three falls in Toronto. Yeah. yeah. Back in twenty sixteen, it was uh, it was pe- I think it was perfect. I think it got a lot of people's match of the year. Mm-hmm. I think it was one of mine. Anyway, I thought it was absolutely superb to a T. Even the point at the end where the two were both a rival and the submission, mm-hmm. and they're, 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 they're holding out for each other, and they're just like, "I'm not going to tap." neither am <laughs> not Then they both tap. <laughs> It, it, it just helped because WWE's tag team division round about that time was it, it was just fit you had the new day and the new day were kind of on their own, but you didn't really feel like they were div- putting on the time they needed to. NXT were doing that differently as they did with the women's division, and you were getting that with these high quality matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the tag team, but the thing about it as the call ups have happened, the level of tag teams left there is mm-hmm. not kind of the same as they had again at that no. peak, as we said. I mean, Quack uh, who brought up the Street Profits they're one of the few teams that kind of about at that there's a Heavy Machinery is one of the ones they've got uh, obviously there's Offers of pain and the Champs' Sanity but Offers of pain are due to call-up soon mm-hmm. yeah. the other potential one is the Undisputed Error with Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly yeah. I don't know if they're the next ones pegged to kind of lead the division Josh looks at me with such I, I was happy, I can't happy think they were the most
3: excited I've been for a call-up in years absolutely thrilled <laughs> when Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly were on yeah mm-hmm.
1: Do you see them being the ones
3: taking this division forward? It just depends. I mean, recently there's been a sort of shift from kind of traditional tag matches on NXT to sort of faction warfare. So even when there has been an actual two on two match, it's never actually been two on two in practice. There's always been lots of interference yeah. in between. So Good I would point. say it just depends entirely. But if you look at how the kind of uh, the last NXT takeover went when they had, um, uh, you know, uh, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and uh, Kyle O'Reilly. That standing victorious at the end over mm. the new champion that, that's probably a, a good idea of where they're wanting to go with that division I think
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, that, that's, that's obvious as well when, now that we're going to have the war games pay per view yeah. whereas you said it's going to be faction war essentially be yeah. undisputed era sanity and the strange combination I say offers of yeah. pair and Roderick Strong yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie I saw a that's a, bizarre yeah. Yeah. I saw a promo on uh, Facebook today and it was uh, it was it was an officer paid promo and it's just strong this this nixon it, it yeah. kinda of like <laughs> it just looks like a fish out of water. <laughs> yeah. But that should be quite good as well, you know. But uh, I could kinda I I don't know, I think I think the other future of that tag, that division. But it's it's mm-hmm. just what else comes in obviously yeah. yeah. gels with them. I mean obviously that how they kinda who they bring in, what kinda mm-hmm. develops, you know, I mean there could be guys that kinda come from within the likes of Al- American Alpha who kinda came from within or guys from out with I mean
3: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see how they'll go with that, though, because I think Sanity are bringing a lot of attention Mm -hmm. to NXT, Mm -hmm. um, maybe more so than others, so I think that... um, so obviously, I think everyone who is a fan of gaming is probably considering getting the WWE Two K eighteen game at the moment, even though it's gotten mixed reviews. But I think one of the major videos that they promoted it with was the entrance for Sanity. Yeah. And uh, when you go into YouTube and you start typing in WWE Two K eighteen, last time I checked, that was one of the, the top searches above anything else. So
1: I think I I really enjoy Sanity. Even when they yeah. were even even when they were like healed, they just felt different, and mm-hmm. it just kind of I mean, mm-hmm. again, a bit of bias because half the team used to be in ICW yeah. with Killian Dane, obviously Demo and Nicky Cross. That was that kind of bias. It kind of drew you. It's like, oh, these oh, I saw these guys live.
3: But Eric Young's always had some intrigue as well, I think, yeah. it.
1: but so. arguably one of the most popular, like the po- most popular of the four is Alexander Wolfe. Yeah. just because of his inter- how entertaining he kind of is in that gimmick. Mm.
3: He's the one that I knew nothing about when well, he joined that yeah. division and he's just been absolutely fantastic Mm -hmm. it's because he's weird it's it's because you don't know how to relate to him so (laughs) but that's the the thing is they're all weird because we've seen them as different characters you know we think oh yeah we know a bit of what they're about but because Alexander Wolf just feels brand new and weird suddenly he becomes the most believable weirdo out of all of them and that's why the intrigue's there
1: yeah because as you say when we Nikki Cross when we saw her in ICW when she was Nikki Storm she was obviously the best in the galaxy (laughs) and she was just uh, it was just quite clean cut but then she debuted on NXT part of Sanity and you're like, "Wow!" It's a complete transformation. It's just yeah. a complete difference. Yeah. But she, she plays it very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I I hope they kind of keep them in there for a while. I think they've got a good uh, level of traction with them in the undisputed era. Yeah. Um, it's, it's hard to tell. I mean, obviously Adam Cole's gonna fight Drew McIntyre the night before takeover for the t- at San Antonio. We with, with Michaels as a ref. Yeah, out
3: with being a faction. That was interesting. How prominent a spot Kelly and Dane got at WrestleMania 33.
1: Yes, hey, last, he was in the final three. Final three, then, I think. Yeah. yeah. With uh, Mojo and <laughs> <laughs> Mahal. Uh. Wow, an all star duo, they yeah. two. <laughs> Former WWE champion. Come yeah, on. but he didn't win the match. If he yeah. won the match, he would have took him more seriously. Yeah. We're not. David's Wait, not. What? David's not here. We're not talking that much detail about him. <laughs> I'm putting the foot down. No, the gender chat is over unless it's relevant. <laughs> anyway
4: Jinder was in NXT for a bit so let's talk about him what they
1: talked about EP listen man the, the <laughs> fans
3: of this podcast should know that David's been suspended for talking about Jinder mm. Mahal too much on the show, uh, that's why he's not here Kwaku
1: last week had to give a uh, Andy and Stephen watch a, a detail about what David goes into when he's when he's here. Jinder was one of them, and big sweaty men was the other.
4: Big <laughs> sweaty men, Jinder and his yeah. Drew Gulak presentation yeah. style complaints. Oh
1: uh, we need to, we need to sort that son out for when David returns. But anyway, we're going off topic. Uh, moving away from the actual types of wrestling, we've talked about it briefly in spells over the show in different bits. Let's go into a bit more detail. The phenomenon, phenomenon that is take over this is probably in my opinion one of the smartest things that WWE have done launching this takeover pay-per-views mm-hmm. for NXT mm-hmm. again that just may be my opinion
2: what's the thoughts agree disagree I think <laughs> it's been big success obviously like, the talent helps but obviously it's two hours instead of three sometimes four mm-hmm. for main roster pay-per-views and also it's not every month Mm. So you will to like play out a bit longer than, like the WWE main roster.
1: Yeah, because uh, the advantage they had to start with is obviously it was it was set still on the full the full sale yeah. university, and they had their own crowd. That's and right, obviously yeah. it's kind of like that hardcore crowd, and they were really into it. Mm-hmm. And but they've obviously started to drift away and start to do them in the big stadium in the more big arenas. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not quite a stadium level yet, but in the big arenas, and it's still capturing the same amount of attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even to a degree that they start to hold, they've started to hold them on the same weekend as big WWE pay per views, mm-hmm. and so many people get more excited for the takeover on the Saturday than they do for the pay per view on the Sunday. Yeah, which is a credit to the quality of matches that NXT have put on. I mean, mm-hmm. there's been cases in the past where the card for the NXT takeovers doesn't look as good as the previous one, mm-hmm. but because of the quality that you've seen in the previous one, it makes you want to watch that one.
3: Yeah, I think as well uh, quite a few times it's ran over it's a lot of time slot on the WWE network and mm. all of a sudden you feel oh there's some prestige being added to this since they wouldn't usually do that even for the you know the, the big pay-per-views the main roster pay-per-views mm-hmm.
1: yeah so it is, it's got to the point where it is the quality of matches they're producing is absolutely fantastic I mean the examples you've got with that is obviously we talked about the ladder match between Bo Dallas and Adrian Neville and then we've had other ones with I uh, don't know what happened there and we've also there's ones that go on like we've had Kevin Owens Sammy Zayn. Mm-hmm. so the actual the main events kind of help sell it but then we've got the, the undercard matches as we've talked about the tag team matches that kind of go with that mm-hmm. one as well even the ones that kind of start the show mm-hmm. the openers tend to be a good level of it you kind of yeah. class as a wrestling fan, obviously you will judge the openers kind of set the pace for the full show, mm-hmm. and if you can get a good opener, then it's always going to do the job. Mm-hmm. One of the ones that that sticks in my mind was when Tyler Breeze took on Justin Liger. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you not remember that? Justin Thunder Liger. Justin Thunder Liger. Yeah, I maybe said his name wrong. But yeah, that was kind of a good point. That was a good. Opening match because Liger had never really competed in WWE mm-hmm. or yeah. NXT, so having that as the opening match kind of thought, oh, I watch this, mm-hmm. and it feeds in there as well. The good, our, sorry, sorry. Go on oh, you Like
2: oh, yeah. our noble one was when Kevin Owens made his debut in CJ Park. I remember that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, Parker broke his nose. Oh, yeah, but <laughs> then yeah. it kind of helped sell Owens in that yeah. way, you know. But mm-hmm. that was a great takeover that one. I
2: f- oh yeah, that was excellent. Yeah,
1: that was. Was it... Uh, Revol- uh, uh, was Revol- uh, I think it was Revolution, yeah. Revolution, yeah. yeah when uh, you had... That was also... You had a Tammy and Balor mm-hmm. versus Ascension. Mm-hmm. Right before Ascension got the cop. Mm-hmm. And you also had Sami versus Neville in the main event. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, as itself, was a great match. And that was a kind of good story. That was the yeah, thing yeah. with these takeovers as well. They always... They kind of felt like an end of a story for a lot mm-hmm. of good points. Sami Zayn one in particular. Sami Zayn had that journey through NXT, faced all the Cesaro, he became close so many times, and that was the point where it's like, this is my my journey to the title, and then obviously hey, wins the belt, great, and then mm-hmm. we got that point where Kevin Owens turns on him. Mm-hmm. I fit, that was that's probably one of the best takeovers has been. Yeah, uh, that one of the, one of the ones in full, full sale, you know.
3: But I think it would just be good to see a few more takeover shows because if you look at how they split the main roster at at the moment there's like a pay-per-view every fortnight and Mm -hmm. two you know one three-hour show and one two-hour show uh, it becomes overkill whereas with NXT they've got 45 minutes or so is it 45 minutes?
1: I think they're an hour on the hour on TV
3: yeah yeah, because they've got about an hour every single week and then all of a sudden you've got this big three-hour show Mm -hmm. and it means that they never get to really have the stories have that same level of continuity. Yeah. I know that NXT is a bit more focused towards wrestling. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it would be good if we could see the stories be, become a bit more fluid. And um, if they're not going to get longer than one hour, fair enough, but maybe it would be good to have a bigger show more often.
1: Well, the thing with NXT, uh, they're all pre-taped. Mm-hmm. So the only ones that are live are the takeover shows. Mm-hmm. So they obviously do that big batch and then stick them into the hour. So with TNA's obviously shows you what what having pre-taped stuff can do to the continuity <laughs> of your show. You don't really know things can change in the times between the taping and the showing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. TNA is a great example between the taping and the show, and half the half the roster leaves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what, as you say, if they get if they get more time, it maybe let things get a bit more continuity. But at the same time, the fact there's not as many makes it feel better. Uh-huh. I mean, the over, I mean the amount of pay-per-views now in WWE I mean, you mean lose track when I mean, you have one and it's like there's another one in two weeks mm-hmm. it just feels like there's too many it's just try to keep up but that one you kind of feel like it's a bit more special when you kind of work towards it you know and it's mm-hmm. it's usually something quite significant like obviously it follows some of the ones that fall SummerSlam weekends Survivor Series weekends you kind of feel, makes it feel a bit more of an occasion. Mm-hmm. and I think that's what kind of helps sell takeover.
3: Yeah, I totally audience. agree. I just think it's the it's the continuity between the non takeover shows. that just feels a bit disjointed for me. Mm-hmm. So you know when you look through the list of you know what episodes this week and what episodes last week, it could be mm-hmm. totally different guys. I just think, oh really? He's on the show now. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why I find it kind of there's less of an incentive for me to keep up. I just feel like I'll watch in a few weeks' time. We'll have a look at what the last few shows and see what takes my fancy. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean the other thing about the takeover shows is good as well is they build all these um, debuts as well. Yeah. You always get the I mean you t- talked you talked to the Nathan about Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. Most recently we've we've had Alistair Black. I'm sure Bobby Roode deb- no Bobby Roode debut on normal T V. But you do have these big debuts that feel it makes it a bit more of an occasion. like you know these f- Nakamura is another one. Nakamura yeah. as well. Makes you you kind of at this point in time a lot of the NXT crowd are aware of the independent circuit mm. and they know who these guys are so to kind of see them in a NXT ring mm. helps sell the show to a lot of people. It's kind of yeah. like
2: back in the day like you're talking the 80s, 90s, WWF where there've been a guy into like vignettes type of stuff to hype them up. And it's kind of yeah. like same but obviously like word of mouth and yeah. like independence for the new guys.
1: I know. Uh, it's, it's it's a completely different ballgame to what we used to have. I mm-hmm. mean, as you say, the vignettes was the thing that kind of sold them, and you didn't really mm-hmm. know as much about these guys. But now, you you know who they are. Mm-hmm. The rumors go about for months that they're going to show up on NXT. I and mean, Adam Cole, particular the most recent one, mm-hmm. the rumor was going about for months and months, and then people just knew he was coming. But yeah. that still adds to the intrigue, just knowing it's you kind of think it's going to happen.
3: Yeah, I think as well. Like WWE have managed to kind of give mainstream fans that. Experience of feeling like they're seeing a glimpse of the future. So, mm-hmm. I think a lot of fans feel like they would love to keep up with Ring of Honor or New Japan and things like that, but feel like they don't know how to do it. There yeah. doesn't seem to be, so obviously not on kind of a mainstream channel for a Western audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might have to buy an online subscription. In the case of New Japan, you might even have to use Google Translate to yeah. translate through the pages, <laughs> which is what I used to have to do for weeks and weeks on end until I gave up the subscription. But, um, you know the casual fan doesn't they'd like to be able to see uh, this type of wrestling because it's always informing yeah. the main roster a few months later mm-hmm. but uh, it's just so hard to keep up with so by having NXT they get to have this experience of feeling like they're the underground fan the one that's always looking ahead of the product and um, no, whether that's an accurate representation of what's going on in independent wrestling at that time is a different story but it's, it's excellent marketing people have wanted to have that gateway into that um, style of wrestling for a long time
1: yeah I mean the thing to that type of uh, audience that you're talking about, NXT is, is over these years, as it's build-up, started to become a benchmark of quality wrestling as well. I mean, to a lot of people, obviously, you, Japan, Ring of Honor, are more of a benchmark of quality wrestling, but for that audience that you're talking about, NXT has kind of got that benchmark mm-hmm. and it's kind of, there is a point with some people when they hit NXT, mm-hmm. some of them are a bit unsure about wanting to get that next call-up yeah, because... As we talked about the call ups, some of them work, and some of them don't. You know, I mean, one of the high things I was going to mention, I mentioned briefly, was the point when the the takeovers were starting. When we had the what are known as the NXT five, who were there were Neville, Sami Zayn, Hatiora Watami, Finn Balor, and Kevin Owens. Their success on the main roster has been very mixed, but at that point, where they all hit NXT, they were they were going to be the future. And now, looking at it as well, you get like so Neville is chosen to go. Mm-hmm. Tammy got injured and it's never worked out for him Balor got called up mm-hmm. got injured Sami Zayn's had the mixed one the most successful yeah. of those five would, def- would be Kevin Owens absolutely yeah. so it's how the, the call up idea is kind of a mix because obviously you've got the pay packet goes up you've got you're going to be performing regularly over bigger crowds but yeah. there's that whole way of is that call up going to make you more of a star and it has be, it has, Looking at some of the guys in NXT, mm-hmm. you can kind of look at some of them and think, mm-hmm. "Yeah, that works in NXT." While well, it transfers the main roster, and there's some ones you think, "Yeah, it'll work," but they've mm-hmm. just not clicked.
3: Yeah, because people always refer to it as a call up, but I've always found that quite interesting because mm-hmm. obviously for some, it you know it could completely displace them from on the roster, mm-hmm. from you know like success levels. So it's just interesting how it's perceived as a call up, but really, in fact, it's a big risk for some of the guys.
1: Yeah, I mean, so there is some examples of him. Some ones like Tyler Breeze is the one I'm kind of. I would kind of sticks in the mind a wee bit. Tyler Breeze, you were unsure about how his gimmick was going to work, but it's mm-hmm. like let, we'll give it a go. And for a good year or so, he was kind of he was floundering, mm-hmm. and there was you were worried what was going to happen. There, there is always you always worry for your favourites that are kind of floundering. You're going to they're going to get the infamous best endeavours. Yeah, from WWE, but obviously he's rekindled with uh, his mm. gimmick with Fandango, you know. So he's got himself a bit more over with those, yeah. the fashion files type idea.
3: For me, it's Apollo Cruz. Apollo I, I can't Cruz, believe Yes, that Apollo he's Cruz. not. I, you know, I can't believe he's not like a world champion in WWE by now. I thought they would have taken someone like that and ran with it. He's incredibly talented and so exciting yeah. to watch.
1: Yeah, Paulo Cruz, I remember that one very well. I mean, he came with a, a good fury. Was mm-hmm. it the Utah Nation? Is that the right way of pronouncing it when he came in? On the, the, the independent seat? On the without the yeah. yeah. Is it Utah yeah. Nation? I, <laughs> that. I, can't, I can't really remember. But yeah, he should have done much better, without a doubt. But look at how his main roster... I think he got called up far too quickly.
3: I don't know if it's a bit quick. It's just... I don't think that having a long period on NXT necessarily makes you uh, any more uh, likely to succeed than anyone else because if you look at a lot of stars, it's about making them overnight. Sometimes if you keep someone in a transitionary period for too long, people just think of them as someone that is, I don't want to say midcard because that's kind of not really fair. It's all, you know, obviously in marketing and <laughs> WWE's part, they're all obviously incredibly talented, but ah. um, they all start to accept them as that's their level mm-hmm. of popularity.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, as you say, sometimes the longevity doesn't really work. Sometimes you think mm. get them out a bit quicker. Finn mm. Balor's potential one like that, I think they maybe kept him too long. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But I think I think um, um think the ascension as well. They're at mm. for from the start, albeit it was a different parent and now they probably dominant tag team champions and Bobby they to be called up.
1: Yeah, they so. were an the example.
2: Their call up was handled appallingly. Yeah
1: as uh, these guys who are copying the Legion of Doom and Demolition, mm-hmm. you know, just didn't have the same ring to you know, didn't really work out so well.
3: It's the video as well, so I think, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I remember seeing the video and thinking, was there not like Illuminati symbols and stuff in there? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, still got At, that at in the time, you know, Ill- you know, Illuminati confirmed is like the biggest internet troll meme of all time, so all of a sudden it just looked like they'd taken a bunch of memes and photoshopped it into entrance
1: video, it was <sighs> horrific. It was it was terrible. it was really, really bad. It's yeah. But bad. I remember
3: thinking the t shirt was really cool though, so unless everyone else was sitting there <laughs> slagging them off, I was like, I'm gonna go
1: buy a t shirt. I mean another one we talked about earlier on was Bo Dallas. Yeah. He, he was yeah. he was for a good while the longest reigning NXT champion of all time. And his cult he is he is floundering as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's kinda got a bit more relevance now that he's part of the Mr. Mm-hmm. but is he gonna be any more than the Miz's jobber? I mean, if you look at the success of his family.
3: And I never personally saw the full excitement with him that no, other people seemed to see, uh, except he's incredibly talented, but I just think compared to some of the other people who have on the roster, I've always wanted to see others over him.
1: Yeah, I wasn't really, the, I was the kind of the same, I wasn't really 100% convinced what was mm-hmm. going on, but you still feel that because he was a champ, you know, mm-hmm. the co- uh, he should have maybe done better.
2: Yeah. There are times though, when a guy perhaps has been called up too quickly. Uh, Adam Rose... Adam, Adam
1: Rose was he wasn't there for very long, no. but I think at the point his gimmick was doing well on NXT shows, mm-hmm. but that's the thing is, as it's, I said, there's a difference between doing a show at the university yeah. and going to the crowds. It just didn't transfer, mm. and yeah. he fell big time. You know, yeah. you know, it's just it was just didn't work for him, which is a shame because uh. he was he, when he was Leo Kruger. When he had that different style, he was good. Mm-hmm. He had that, it was a bit more hard-hitting, you know, and he, I think if they kept him with that, it might have done a bit better than the Adam Rose gimmick. Yeah. I mean, there's guys as well, some of the ones you maybe not see too much of in NXT. I mean, Rusev was in NXT for a wee bit, mm-hmm. but he was a bit more fast-tracked, you know, you didn't really see him in the high level. Strowman too.
3: Yeah, I was quite surprised when he showed up at the Royal Rumble mm-hmm. uh, for the debut.
1: Was Strowman in NXT?
2: Very, very briefly, I think. I think he was less, uh
3: televised I don't know I know none of it's yeah. televised is any of it televised I don't know it's, it's all, all t- it's all
2: network now
1: yeah it's, yeah, so it's
3: all but I don't know I can't remember if it was ever even televised in that format um, huh. but cause obviously <laughs> not American but, yeah. but I don't think he was particularly a uh, character on screen
1: one of the guys who was on NXT for a long time and he felt like it felt like forever was Mojo Rawley mm-hmm. mm. he just felt like he was never going to get called up and then he, now with the blue he got that call up and they won that battle, Then they won the battle royal.
3: See, I think he's quite good. I think he's being wasted. I don't know. I don't think I wanted to see him win a battle royal at WrestleMania,
1: but I think he's quite good. Mm. He's he's got energy. If we're talking about flipside, there's an the interesting call up of recent times. I'd probably say is maybe Alexa Bliss. Yeah. I mean, her NXT her popularity has been quite surprising, mm. actually. Well, in NXT, she was really just the manager for Blake mm. and Murphy, mm. and she did a very good job at that. She developed the heel character well but when she got got the call up without the two of them and now over the last year she's probably been the most successful female wrestler on the WWE roster because obviously she's held both the Raw and the Smackdown Women's Championships no one else has done that in that spell so she has sold herself really well in that heel gimmick Mm -hmm. and it's a testament to her work ethic as well Mm -hmm. but you don't need to have the prominent role in NXT to do something on the main roster as well so it can flip both ways which is interesting but she's probably one of the exceptions to the rule. Yeah. most of the ones you're looking at the guys like your Nakamura's more Joe's Bobby Roode kind of now who have done a bit more mm-hmm. I, I think you hear a
3: lot of people I mean this is just my feel as a wrestling fan obviously it depends on my social circle but a lot of people seem to be saying Nakamura has been a massive disappointment and I think that's such a shame because you know you've seen given the right stage what Nakamura can do and a lot of people are starting to say style over substance I just think that's a real shame
1: I, I like. I still like Nakamura. Yeah. I just think yeah, he's maybe maybe not had the same. Cause I think his issue, probably similar to what people are saying about Asuka, is she they never quite. The debut match didn't help him. Mm. That one with Ziggler, I don't think was the best choice. Yeah, I think they could have put, put him with somebody, a bit slower down and maybe could have won in a bit more convincing fashion. But I'm saying yeah. that, and they had that match Z- with Zayn.
3: Ziggler actually lost that, and I think Ziggler actually looked a lot more impressive yeah. in the match.
1: Yeah. That was the issue. I think that was the issue Ziggler came across much better it was the same when Asuka debuted against Emma a lot of people said Emma came across much better than Asker. and that's how that's maybe the thing that's struggling uh, with Asker to start with
3: we've had a message in from a um, fan of the show
1: yes I'm seeing that here uh, <laughs> James Murphy who's listening James who's been on the show and said uh, Nakamura's gotten lazy it's part of the way he's booking as well I mean don't know has he got lazy or do you think it's just the booking no too? I don't
3: think so Right. I mean, you'd probably have to like work a much harder schedule if you're working for WWE I'm not saying you'd train uh, harder at WWE I'm just saying you'd be on the road a lot more I don't think he's gone lazy.
1: right so we are coming up to the final 10 minutes of our show this is the point where I'm going to put forward to both of you first of all wh- who would you say has been your what was your favourite match you've seen of, of NXT
2: I would say Sasha versus Bailey. At Takeover Brooklyn.
1: The the first first one, one, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that was a crack match. Absolutely brilliant. I would say that was right up there. Josh, what's your opinion on this?
3: It's impossible to pick one. It's got to be be any any of the DIY versus
1: um, the revival matches. Any of them. See, they were all incredible. But I would say my favourite would probably have to be Nakamura Sami Zayn. (laughs) Yeah, at that take that yeah. takeover, I thought that was a, a percol. I'd, I'd heard about Nakamura, but I would really seen him to the same extent. I knew what he was, what he was, but that kind of just seeing him against a quality wrestler like Zayn helped put that on the map for me. EP, okay. do you have any thoughts on this? Do you have a favourite match? I think
3: I know what you're going to say, and I totally think that match deserves props as well. What are you going to say? You're going to go with um, Tyler Bate versus uh, Pete Dunne.
4: Yes, and <laughs> uh, Johnny Gargano versus Andrade Almas. Ooh,
3: that's oh. a takeover. See, see, when I was younger, right? In fact, no, even still now, I often find the undercard matches are a lot more exciting than the main event because. The stories like, like are so, so New Day Exactly. The yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You, you you tend to see less unpredictable stuff in the main events, whereas like and they're also kind of fighting to maintain their position. Whereas like the people that are on the undercard are fighting to go up and you know, it's just you, you tend to see a lot more innovation at in that level of the card. So I can respect
1: that right. So we've had a favourite match, let's then say Favourite rivalry. What you been your best who do you think's been the most personal what's produced the best matches what has been the best feud
2: because I loved them when they first came in and I know it goes before NXT You probably say Owen Zane
1: yeah I would agree I would 100% agree Owen Zane purely because it kind of it continued a bit yeah, as well oh yeah. into the main yeah. roster as well still going today mm-hmm. it's got that kind of brilliant feel to it it's just the way it started off as well and how it went through it helped sell the two of very well to various gimmicks so I would say I would agree. I would go with Zane zones My choice
3: would probably be a bit stranger. I'd actually pick Ciampa and uh, Gargano because as su- quite early in them getting paired as a tag team, they ended up against each other in the Cruiserweight Classic. And mm-hmm. I think that since then, that's when I always wondered, when are they going to capitalise on this amazing singles match chemistry that they have? And so every tag match that, uh, that they were in, I always thought, who's going to outdo who? Uh, for that night, and if you look at how they would play the story every night, you know, um, quite often you would see one heavily saving the other, or you know having to concede. Oh, my other guy, the other guy got pinned tonight. Oh, that's a shame. And I think that there was a sense of one-upsmanship there, even uh, even if it wasn't like you know, real one-upsmanship between them on the camera, it felt like there was, and I really enjoyed watching that because that tag team and. In competition with each other, they took themselves to new levels.
1: And the advantage of that is they've still got a lot more to come. Yeah, it's not even hit full, full scale, you know. Yeah. Right, Quacky, what have you got in this? You got a You got a feud? Oh, you put me on
4: the spot. <laughs> Although it's incredibly short, I don't know why, but I really like the feud between Asaka and Asuka and um, Nikki Cross.
1: Asuka, Nikki Cross. Mm. Mm, that's interesting.
4: And one particular moment that I found hilarious was when Nicky Cross jumped on the taxi and was <laughs> screaming down at Asuka. I just found that hilarious. <laughs> if you've not watched it, go on YouTube and watch It's brilliant.
1: Brilliant. Final one on this type of favourite one. This is the kind of crunch one I'd say. Favourite wrestler
2: that's ever came through NXT? Finn Balor. What's your reasons for it? Like Owens, I remember when he first got announced he was coming, I was really excited and I think his reign as being an NXT champion was really good as
1: well right I thought he was a great champion to be fair yeah. I thought some of the tight ty- I think he fought some more Joe too much but mm. that's maybe my opinion what you going- what's your thoughts on this one
3: really difficult choice but I've got to go with uh, Kevin Owens mm. because right. he, he you know it was, it was Kevin Owens that really took it to the main roster yeah. in terms of leading an NXT flag uh, right onto the main roster and i remember this uh Kwaku, you were there, uh, Stacey, who's in attendance at the studio, was there as well. Um, I think, was it the very first uh, Sino versus Kevin Owens match, in which we tried to watch it at a friend's flat when the Wi-Fi went down, so we um, tried to impersonate his flatmate phone up uh, the service provider to fix it, <laughs> and they weren't having any of it, so we tried to find a pub in town where we could watch it, and there was no pubs in town But the local university library was open 24-7 at that time. And so we, none of us being students, went into the cafe there and uh, sat and watched it on Quacko's laptop. And I'll never forget it because I remember instantly about three of the people we were with fell straight asleep after all that while we watched the Kevin Owens match. And then Kyle... (laughs) Kyle coming back from it, because Kyle went to the toilet, and there wasn't a toilet, we had to go outside I'm pretty sure, because it was that late at night and we didn't have a student pass to go in anywhere, and Kyle came back from the bin with a slice of pizza <laughs> 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 and was on top of this
1: box, because <laughs> I remember looking at him and I said, Kyle where'd you get pizza? And he went, the bin. <laughs> there we have it. What better way to have uh, love, for Kev- uh, love for Kevin Owens and pizza in the bin? Uh, I'm going to think a bit different and somebody might be surprised at this but I'll explain this one my favourite is Adrian Neville good choice mm-hmm. I think his reign as a champ put NXT on the map yeah and I think the, the the quality of matches he put on was absolutely brilliant
3: I suppose they all have a part to play
1: yeah. they did, they did. That's, the, that's the advantage of it that's why when they all get the call up we all hope please don't do it please don't muck them up yeah And granted some of them have done a brilliant way I think Kevin Owens has proven a great work in progress and he continues to get better yeah. I think he's probably the star uh, so quickly before we finish up just a quick minute point I'm going to ask you is, um, what's your opinion on what the future holds for NXT I know we've talked about the women's and the tag team what do you think is going to go forward with the, with the I mean we've got war games coming up but what do you think the future holds after that I mean obviously we've got Drew as, as the champion what, uh, where do you see it going in the in the lead up to Wrestlemania season
2: I think there's I think some other big name for Monday's probably be called up, I guess. Mm-hmm. Don't know who, but
1: uh, it's a hard one. to kind it's yeah. it's a hard one to judge because it's kind of the, the it's changed a bit mid-year. You know, you can't yeah, really see what's going to exactly. go. I mean, obviously Drew McIntyre's the champion. Obviously, uh, Adam Cole's floating about the championship scene. Uh, there's all this unpredictability with the undisputed insanity, the women's division. There's so much that can go. You know. Uh, you still see nxt being the force it is
3: in about five years time see i think that's one of the clever things they do every single time they have a takeover show triple h makes it feel like the fans are driving it yeah, and obviously yeah. fan demand drives the show to some extent but they always market it in a way as you're a part of this underground thing as if it's like you know old school ecw or something like that huh. so in five years time i don't know whether they'll still be able to hold on to that marketing strategy but i like to hope that it'll still mm, be there yeah.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, there we've had it. That has been our Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet debate on NXT. I hope you've enjoyed that. If anybody listening live, uh, this show, uh, as, as like all our shows, will be available on our Mixcloud account. Uh, if you've listened and enjoyed what you've li- you've heard, please give us a follow on Twitter. We are at ESS Retweet or on Facebook at Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, no spaces. Uh, we are part of the Fusion Takeover strand of Strathclyde Fusion. Following on from us, we've got the Old School Classics with Sean Bryson. Stay tuned to that. That'll, that is great entertainment for your Wednesday night. We are going to finish off here at Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet with a bit of music from one of the cult favourites of NXT who we've not really mentioned. Who is it? You'll see in a minute. So, from myself, Stephen Wilson.
2: Nathan Fisher. Josh
1: Wong. And for, for our EP, Kwaku Aji. What's up? This has been Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. We'll see you next week where we're going to preview Fear and Loathing at the Hydro till then good night 10